I spend a lot of time in front of a microphone. I write and host a daily tech update seven days a week. I also host three-hour Kim Commando show every weekend on 400 top stations across the U.S. It's just packed with a ton of tech tips and great calls. I totally love doing that show. And I also have a great show called Tech Insights on Sirius XM. Well, in my humble opinion, of course, it's great. But let me tell you more about it. Tech Insights airs on Sirius XM's business channel. That's channel 132. You can listen on Saturdays, 9 to 10 a.m., or if you missed that, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. But if you missed all that, you can still catch it on Sunday between 10 and 11 a.m. and 2 to 3 p.m. This show is different from my other work because I get to spend a good amount of time just speaking with somebody who knows a lot about something and is just an expert. Anyone from Steve Ballmer, the former CEO of Microsoft, to Zach King, who does these amazing viral magic videos, and even an 80-year-old guy on TikTok who millions of kids call grandpa. So here's an hour of my Sirius XM Tech Insight show for you to take a listen to. I hope you like it. And if you're already a SiriusXM subscriber, you can tune in every week. And then when you do, be sure you tell them how much you love the show. They like to hear that. So sit back and enjoy. Welcome to Kim Commando Tech Insights on SiriusXM Business Radio. Join Global TV, national radio host, and USA Today tech columnist Kim Commando, who built her own multi-million dollar empire with no debt and no investors. Kim gives straight advice about what's happening in the digital space for established and aspiring executives, leaders, and entrepreneurs. And now, here's Kim. You know, experts always come out and they say, like, the touch screen on your phone can harbor just all these germs and all this bacteria. And this is especially true. Think about this. If a sanitation crew finds your phone at the bottom of a National Forest vault toilet, Yes, I said a vault toilet. It happened this past week. The crew at Flathead National Forest in Montana, they sanitized the phone that they found at the bottom of the sanitation pit. They let it dry. They plugged it in. And then they even wondered if it would turn on. It does work. As a matter of fact, it works. But it has really crappy reception. Uh, that was a not. That one was pretty good. And you see, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, just an example of all the fun that we have here week after week as we talk about living the best digital life ever. It's called the Kim Commando Show, and you can find us on 400 top stations from coast to coast and around the globe on American Forces Network Radio. And I, of course, am America's beloved digital goddess, Kim Commando, here with you once again. You know, interesting story about that phone is that they took the SIM card out of the phone. Now, keep in mind, it was in the bottom of the sanitation pit. They took the SIM card out and they put it into another phone and then they found the phone number and they called and a woman answered and they said, did you lose your phone in a toilet at Flatheads National Forest in Montana? And she's like, uh, yeah. And they're like, we have it. And then she's like, I don't think I really want it back. <laughs> you guys can just keep it. I'll tell you, if you have any questions about something digital that I can lend a hand to, our T-Mobile Unlimited listener line is now open. And that number is, of course, one 825 5254 All right, I'd like to get started with five things that you need to know. And we're going to start with the tech elite and just how the rich, they just keep getting richer. Take Tesla and SpaceX CEO Elon Musk. Okay, thanks to Tesla's stock skyrocketing 400% this year alone, his net worth has two. Musk's net worth at the beginning of this year was, it was only $30 billion. And it's been going up steadily since the pandemic. And this week, 
Elon Musk's net worth jumped to $100 billion. Do you imagine that? $100 billion. And as Amazon head Jeff Bezos laughs and he says, oh, Elon, hold my Chardonnay for me, please. A few days ago, Bezos became the first person ever, ever to be worth $200 billion. Let's put that into perspective. Jeff Bezos alone is worth uh, $200 billion. Sports brand Nike, the whole company has a net worth of $175 billion. Fast food giant McDonald's is worth $160 billion. Now, in a more distant second place, the runner-up wealthiest person in the world is Microsoft founder Bill Gates with a meager, sorry, Bill, a meager $124 billion. And so I started thinking about it. If Jeff Bezos worked for the government, he would be our prime minister. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, come on. Sometimes I just crack myself up. All right, number two, raise your hand if you'd like to participate in contact tracing. Four months ago, Google and Apple, they teamed up to create a new API that could be used as the foundation of these contact tracing apps. And you might remember that they use your phone's Bluetooth and randomized identifiers to alert you if you've come in close contact with anyone diagnosed with COVID-19. Now, a lot of U.S. states, they finally created their own apps, became available this month for download in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Virginia was the first, and then came Alabama, Nevada, North Dakota, Wyoming, and one from Arizona is apparently coming soon. And that's like five and a half months, six months into the pandemic. So why? If we start looking at this, countries that have already started using the contact tracing apps, let me tell you, it just didn't work. People didn't want to download the apps because they don't want government tracking them. And if the population doesn't adopt the app, the app doesn't really work. But what is clear, no matter what, the fine print in each state and agency builds into one of the app's terms of service. They actually say that there's no guarantee that your privacy can be maintained. So exposure notification sounds well and good, but not if the biggest risk is exposing your data. All right, number three, the droning about wearing a mask or not just keeps going on and on. But let's take a trip to a different country where officials are stepping up law enforcement in an area where only one state of emergency was declared in the last month. There's a lockdown in this place. Let me tell you about it, and then I want you to guess where it is. They say residents can only go about three miles from their home. That's it. Violations could lead up to a fine of the equivalent of $15,000. And if you don't wear a mask while you're out and about, that'll cost you 150 bucks. Okay, Pretty stiff penalties. But wait until you hear how the police are enforcing the rules. They're using drones. That's right. A fleet of drones that scan the ground below looking for people who aren't wearing masks and cars that look like they're just too far from home. Okay. Any guesses where it's happening? All right. If you're a commando community member and if you're in the chat room, I want you to make a guess right now. Just guess where that may be. And if you're driving around or if you're listening on the podcast or wherever, say it out loud. Say the country. People will think you're crazy, but so what? Okay. It's not China. This is in the Australian state of Victoria where Melbourne is located. Puts a little things into perspective. I mean, maybe a mass surveillance drone watching you from above isn't the worst thing, but it could be way up there. Number four, AI knows how to fly. Okay, the U.S. Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, or DARPA for short, you know about that. They recently conducted a series of virtual dogfights, putting real F-16 Air Force pilot against artificial intelligence algorithms that they called Huron. 
Okay, so the two pilots went toe-to-toe in five virtual reality dogfights. Okay, who do you think won? Was it the fighter pilot or was it the AI opponent? You probably guess from how I'm talking about it, but the AI opponent won every single time. Not just that. Listen to what else happened. The real pilot never even scored a hit against the AI opponent. And actually, all this work has been going on for a few years, and AI has you know, certainly made the edge in a lot of places. And if you think about it, the real fighter pilot has to deal with a lot of things, including you know, what's going on with his body and the G-forces. But now, until now, AI was never a match for a human's tactical thinking. But thanks to machine learning, all this is changing. So the goal is to have AI fly real planes one day, including combat aircraft. It's still a ways off. And I know it may not be much of a comfort, but AI is here. It's going to stay. It's going to be part of the skies. And I could think of a few jokes that would lighten the mood, but they might just not land. All right, number five, new contenders for your wrist. You have to hear about this. You may remember a few months ago I told you that Google announced that they were buying Fitbit. And that deal still hasn't been finalized. And it's not stopping the company from releasing a couple of updated smartwatches and the all-new Fitbit Sense. Now, this is a smartwatch with a premium price tag, $330. It has new sensors that can scan your skin temperature and sweat level. And then it tells you how stressed out you are. And you can find out more information, and we have the link where you can pre-order it over at commando.com. It's set to be released on September 25th, by the way. And then one day later this past week, Amazon announced its first fitness band, the Halo. Okay, Where is Amazon not going with this company? Okay, it's not a smartwatch because it doesn't have a screen. It's a subscription-based band and app that tracks the usual metrics like steps and heart rate. And get this, the Halo also monitors how you speak, particularly your tone, so that this way the band can figure out what kind of mood that you're in. That's right. You are going to get a report every single day about your tone and then recommendations on how you can sound warmer and how you can be more positive. Isn't that great? Uh, Amazon says whatever the Halo hears will be deleted after it's processed and it won't be used to target ads at you. Hmm. I think they said that about Alexa, too. Okay, here's the price. Now, keep in mind that when we start talking about prices with Amazon stuff, it's always like a loss leader, like the Kindle, because they're going to get you on the subscription side. So the Halo costs $104, and then, or, sorry, the Halo costs $100, and then $4 a month for the service. They have an early access deal. It's 65 bucks and six months of service, but that's probably not going to last. Now, personally, do we need Amazon or any other big tech company to tell us that, hey, you know what, you're depressed, you're angry, but wait, there's more because the body and tone feature will give you a 3D rendering of your body, <laughs> oh gosh, with the data on weight and body fat percentage. And then they're going to charge you a fee to give you all of this. Okay, how's that for a bad attitude, a bad tone? All right, coming up, we have some video uh, call settings, security settings that you totally need to change. And then in our digital life hack, we put together a list of some really useful websites. I can't go through all of them on the show, but I'm going to go through some of the highlights. Websites that you may have never heard about that once you do, you're going to be like, oh, man, I'm going to go there time and time again. And, of course, we have all of your phone calls still to come here on this Coast to Coast broadcast of the Kim Commando Show. All right, I'm sure by now you've heard about ransomware. Those are those attacks that take over computers of people like you, but also 
you know, businesses, hospitals, big cities, small towns, government agencies, and just about anywhere else you can think of. And ransomware attacks are up by a whopping 41% over the last year. Here's how it works. Criminals plant malicious software that encrypts all of the files on your computer. And then unless you have a backup, you have to pay the criminal money, often in Bitcoin, to get the files back. And that's where the term ransomware comes into play. But what if you didn't want to pay the ransom? Or maybe you don't have the money to pay even if you wanted to pay. Even the FBI has said there are times you just need to pay the criminals to get your files back. And a stat that I saw said that about 70% of people actually do. And that's where this knight in software shining armor comes into play. There's this young, amazing man by the name of Michael Gillespie. He swoops in to help you. And Michael says there's about a thousand different types of ransomware out there. And Michael works night and day on his days off to come up with software that lets you off the hook. And get this, he does it for free. That's right. His decryption tools are free. Michael, it's such a pleasure to have you here with us. What's the biggest change in ransomware that you've seen, say, over the last, I don't know, year or so? Hi, Kim. It's great to be here. So ransomware has definitely been a evolution in the malware place, basically. They're getting more creative. Um, the last few years, I'd say they're definitely shifting their focus from the personal sector instead of just shotgun blast attacking anyone and everyone. They're kind of honing more into the businesses and the local governments, the other municipalities, schools, kind of drilling down into where they can get more bang for their buck, so to say. You know, I heard that on the dark web, there's like we have software as a service on the regular web, right? Um, where, for example, if you're not familiar with software as a service, it's like where you use Microsoft Word and Office 365 or Google Docs or Photos or whatever it is. Because there used to be a time, maybe you remember this, that you'd actually go to the software store and you'd get a box with a manual and a disk and then you'd take the disk back home and you'd install it. So now we have software as a service. But I had heard on the dark web that there's now ransomware as a service that you can just check a couple of boxes and then suddenly you'll be in the ransomware. Yep, exactly. Those are, and that's exactly what it's called is a RAS, R-A-A-S, ransomware as a service. Um, they come in different variants um, in terms of how their pyramid scheme works. Uh, sometimes it's a kit where you just pay the bad guy, say $1,000. He gives you everything, all the tools you need. Um, pretty much you do the work to spread it. Um, other times they take a cut of what you, you know, you just sign up and say you infect, you know, a, a couple of businesses and they pay the the guy who wrote the software probably gets like a 20% cut or something. And then you get the rest of it. And then it's, I mean, it's, it's an entire empire. They have, um, they have their own support staff um, that runs the chat to talk with victims to, you know, try to quote unquote help them, so to say. Um, they've got, you know, I'm sure it ties into other criminal activity with money, you know, money mules. Um, it's, it's just crazy. Well, that was astounding to me when I had heard that. So somebody gets hit with ransomware and that there's a live chat line that pops up and says, Hey, if you're not sure how to pay us in Bitcoin, you can give us a call or just we'll help you right now. Yep. And so where are those operations generally located? I mean, I can only, most of the time it's in other countries out of our, 
you know, uh, the U.S.'s jurisdiction, so to say. Um, I don't personally track that type of stuff, um, but I know that a lot of it are in certain uh, three-letter regions. <laughs> I see. I get it. Um, so ransomware, somebody gets it on their computer. What's the first thing that they should do? So I typically recommend, uh, as much as cliche as it is to not panic. Um, I see a lot of times that victims panic and they just end up shooting themselves in the foot, um, by deleting the malware, um, shutting down everything, wiping everything, you know, completely cleaning their computer, which is the right thing to do if you're infected with regular malware. If you just get a regular spyware infection or something like a keylogger or Trojan or something, that is the right thing to do. You know, scorch earth policy, especially in corporate situations. But sometimes with ransomware, I really, or like other people like me or antivirus softwares that work on fighting ransomware, we really need the malware itself to determine, you know, how did it encrypt your files? Um, the kind of the quote that I have, uh, is typically like when you go to the ER after you accidentally swallowed something from under the sink, the the doctor wants to know what you drank. Um, he wants to see the bottle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, that's always helpful. And, and the ransomware comes in various forms. Like I know that there's one that's, that's circulating right now that says, um, you know, we saw you on your webcam doing something sneaky and uh, in the sex rooms or what have you. And, and here's an old password of yours. What are some other uh, tactics that the ransomware purveyors are now using? I've, I've seen so many different tactics that are just, a, you know, they kind of follow the curve of other malware, so to say, uh, whether it is the the phishing links that you're referring to, um, you know, um, Obviously, we've seen with with COVID, um, we've seen like COVID themed um, documents being fakely produced. Um, I actually did see recently um, there was a ransomware that included an official uh, WHO document about like one of their reports with the ransomware, but it was more like a decoy. So like as soon as it ran, you thought that you were, you know, it pops up with this who report and you're reading it while in the background, it's encrypting your files. Um, (laughs) Then, you know, of course that's not the only way they get in, but that is a huge way is, is, is phishing. Um, Just, you just have to convince one poor Sally at the HR desk or, (laughs) or at the front office to click on that link. And then next thing you know, the whole network's infected. Um, Of course there's, more sophisticated ways that they could get in with, uh, you know, if the network is actually exposed with like, uh, you might hear remote desktop protocol, RDP. That's a way that a lot of businesses allow to externally reach into the network and control the machines that they need to, you know, work on. But if you can get into it and you don't secure it, right. Someone else can just as easily get in and control the machine and do whatever they want. Um, Are are they using any type of social engineering tactics? Um, I believe so. With the when it comes to the phishing, I haven't um, I haven't seen too many that are super targeted. Um, they do still happen though, if they have enough, uh, if it's a big enough uh, a big enough target for them to focus on. Okay, so okay, so somebody contacts you and they say, "Listen, I've got this." They give you the malware. 
How long does it take for you to, say, unravel the puzzle and figure out how to decrypt somebody's files? It can widely vary. Um, I will preface with a disclaimer that I can't decrypt everything. Um, you know, if, if the the bad guys do their job, so to say, correctly, then no one on the planet but them can actually recover the files. Um, but if, let's say, it is one that does have a flaw, and pretty much a flaw means that the criminals made a mistake. <laughs> um, I've had ones where I've gotten a hold of it. If it's a really stupid mistake, I could have a decryptor written in like 10 minutes. Um, other ones may require a little more analysis. If it's a more complicated ransomware, they have a lot more cryptography going on. I have to figure out what the cryptographic algorithms are, how the algorithm works. If they messed up the algorithm, they didn't use it correctly. They spun their own cryptography, which is something you should never do. <laughs> um, unless you're a bad guy, please do it. Um, That's good, <laughs> Okay, unless you're a bad guy, then we really need you to do that. So just forget everything we just said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, there's ones that I've analyzed for weeks until I found a flaw. Um, it just it widely varies. Tell me about your background. I mean – do you have like this amazing degree in cryptography and uh, computer science? And I mean, cause I just, I visualize like, you know, this is something that you'd probably have to like really practice at and learn. Uh, definitely practice. Um, I have no degrees. I actually, I graduated high school and that was it. Um, I actually had a job in it when I was 16 as a sophomore in high school. Um, so I already kind of, had my career. Um, it was kind of funny, just like senior year, like everyone in, uh, everyone in my class, you know, final week, everyone's writing on the board, what college they're going to, what they're doing. And I was just like, I've already got my, my career. I've already got a job, got a girlfriend, got a car. My life was set. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that girl you married, right? Yep. <laughs> Eight years now. That's awesome. So you have these tools on your website, then anybody can just tap into them if they get hit with ransomware. How do they even know which one to download? Yep. So um, I have a I have a website that I built, uh, goodness, almost three or four years ago. It's called ID Ransomware. And the purpose of it is to, first off, identify what ransomware encrypted your files. This is, in most cases, the most critical part is figuring out, once again, what bottled did you drink from under the sink? Um, <laughs> so it identifies, um, you know, based on what the extension is, um, what, you know, what email address or Bitcoin address was in your ransom note. Um, there's a whole bunch of other technical stuff I could go into on that, but it first identifies what the ransomware is or most likely is. Um, cause in the last years there's been, you know, out of the thousand or so ransomware I've seen, a lot of them are copying each other and they kind of make it hard to determine. So, um, it does a lot more technical stuff. It'll provide you with a clear cut status if it's possible saying, yes, this is, you got lucky this time. This one might be decryptable or no, this has been analyzed to be secure. They didn't have any flaws or mistakes. Um, or there's also the state of, I don't know. Um, there's like an unknown status for a lot of ransomware that might not have been analyzed yet. 
Um, I draw from not just my own analysis, but if uh, there's a public analysis from, you know, say Kaspersky or McAfee or another antivirus vendor um, who is, you know, taking a deep dive into that particular strain, um, I draw off of their information. Any other public information, if keys were released from law enforcement, um, if someone else built a decryptor, I'm completely vendor agnostic on my site. If someone's got a free decryptor out there, I'll link to it, basically. See, I, and I think that's fascinating because, I mean, let's just face it. You could be making some serious money right now. <laughs> I mean, instead of just – even if you just said like, okay, so if you know, you're going to pay $300 worth of bitcoins in order to get your files back and, you know, why don't you be nice and give me 15 bucks, you know, or 30 bucks or something like that. Um, because I also read that, that you and your lovely bride, that you live in a modest two bedroom home. I think you purchased it for $116,000. You went to Peoria, Illinois on your honeymoon. Is that right? Yep. We stayed in a hotel there. Um, it was actually pretty nice. We got, uh, got like the lover suite, but we were actually under 21. So I had to get management, uh, permission because they were, the lover suite came with like all the champagne and stuff. So I had to get like a written exemption to, just, I just asked for like sparkling wine, like <laughs> some type of sparkling drink instead. <laughs> and, and see, and here you are like decrypting files. You're like, okay, I know I'm not old enough to drink yet, but here's where it's at. <laughs> How come you don't charge for this? How come you're doing it all for free? It's pretty much just the the principle of it. Um, you know, the, I, I've been quoted before. I don't want to take advantage of those taken advantage of already. Um so it's just kind of the honor in it, I guess. And I do get, um, I do have a donation link on my site and I've had overwhelming support the last year, especially. Um, a lot of people have donated to me and I, I am definitely grateful for that. It, it's actually pulled me through a couple of, uh, uh, couple of problems that have happened in the last year. Yeah. I mean, you know, money's tight all over, right? Um, mm-hmm. So where do you think the ransomware purveyors are going to move to next? I don't know. I hear that uh, tr- uh, there's some pretty good discounts on yachts right now, so they could probably go anywhere they want. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not too many people are sailing. That is that is kind of like the inside joke I've had with a lot of uh, – you might have seen like there's some ransomwares. Like one was Tesla Crypt was a big one. They just out of the nowhere just released all the master keys and said, we're done. Um so that was like the inner joke was like they they probably made enough money. They bought their yacht and they're just sailing off now. Well, that would make sense. Um, do you see anything that like individuals are being hit with now as a new wave? Um, pretty much when it comes to um, – because like I mentioned how uh, ransomware has really shifted to the business sector lately, um, the bigger – bigger targets basically, or even small businesses. Um, just lo- it's always the lowest hanging fruit basically. But when it comes to, um, like residential victims, um, lately there has been a very large uptick in infections from pirated software. Um, the rants like before it's always been known that, you know, there's, if you pirate software, there's a good chance it's going to have malware because you're, you know, you're trusting, guys who are breaking the law and downloading their, their code. 
Um, but now they're starting to bundle ransomware with it. So you're kind of getting a double whammy. Any other advice you have for people who are listening right now? Backups, backups, backups. I preach over and over the importance of backups. Um, you know, I do get a lot of people that are like, well, it's so hard to back up. I mean, there's honestly very little reason to not have a flash drive laying around. They're so cheap nowadays. You can get, you can get a flash drive for like 10 or 20 bucks. Just drop all your most important pictures on it, stick it in the fire safe. Um, or cloud, you know, cloud backups are so cheap nowadays. Um, you can get them for like two, two to $5 a month is definitely well worth it to, to have that peace of mind that, and it's not just ransomware that could destroy your data, you know, computer, the hard drives crash all the time. I worked in it. Um, you know, I replaced hard drives day in, day out that completely died. Can't get anything unless you send it out to the recovery lab, send it into a white room, spend $5,000 to get the data back. That's not even ransomware. Um, you know, natural catastrophes happen. Laptops get lost, destroyed. I mean, it, it's just not even worth the risk. Just it's, it's just so cheap nowadays. It's like insurance. You know, you may never need it, but when you do, you're sure glad that you have it, right? Exactly. That's 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 a great comparison. Thank you, Michael. And you know, such incredible work that you're doing. Please keep it up. Uh, you're helping so many people. You're appreciated. We need you. And again, thanks for spending some time with us. Sure thing. Anytime. All right. I have to tell you, this week's digital life hack is something that you're really going to enjoy, and you're definitely going to want to share it with a whole bunch of people. We put together a list of. 28 useful websites that you're going to want to bookmark right now. Okay, can't give all 28 on the air as you might expect, but I'm going to tell you about a few of them, and then I'm going to tell you where you can get the entire list. Like, for example, if you're trying to uh, get a better night's sleep, well, there's a calculator called Sleepy Time that will count sleep cycles backwards and gives you the ideal times for you to fall asleep. Or how about learning how to make just about anything, whether it's a workshop, craft, cooking, living, outside. Maybe you want to make your own outdoor lounge chair or a croissant sandwich from scratch. Yes, it's a website called Instructables. Now, number three is really fascinating to me. It's called Windy. And basically, it's a great way to get a sneak peek at the weather before it actually happens. You get a real-time look at weather anywhere in the world, 42 different map layers, 10 days, but it shows you exactly where's what's what's going on with the wind. And you're like, and then once you understand what's going on with the wind, then you can see what's going on with the with the, uh, with the weather. There's also 10-minute mail. It's like when you need an email address for just a few minutes to do something. Review Meta will tell you whether or not those reviews that you see on Amazon are real or fake. TV chart will actually tell you if a show is actually worth binging to the end. You can see where 5G is coming over at Ookla. Just Delete Me will purge all your unwanted accounts at once. See what I'm saying is that this is really great stuff. Uh, you can see time and date. If you don't have a fax machine, we're going to tell you how you can send a fax for uh, no money at all. And then Radio Garden. I love Radio Garden. That's where it's like you are going around the world and you can listen to, to various radio stations at any given moment. It's really a lot of fun. Anyway, there's a whole bunch of other terrific sites you don't want to miss. And to check all of them out, look no further than commando.com. When you're there, click the link that says Kiss. <laughs> 
telling you, there are so many great sites. Super Cook, uh, and there's one site that I used this morning, as a matter of fact, because it's Barry's birthday, and it's you.regrettingold.com. And you put in uh, somebody's birthday and it tells you everything that has happened in their entire life. It's really a lot of fun. Anyway, but more of your phone calls still to come. You don't want to miss here on Sirius XM Business Radio. It's Kim Commando Tech Insights here on Sirius XM Business Radio. They are just so cute, aren't they? I'm talking about the Girl Scouts. And they're about to get some new uniforms for the first time in years and the updated sash and vest. Guess what? They all have pockets made especially to fit iPhones. Yes, the Girl Scouts. Well, isn't that special? I'm not really sure why it's needed because everybody knows that girls never put their iPhones down. So why do we need pockets? Let me tell you, the problem with Girl Scout cookies, no matter how many I eat, I always want Samoa. (laughs) Oh, okay. You laughed. I saw you. You didn't want to, but you did. And you see, ladies and gentlemen, just an example of all the fun that we have here week after week as we talk about living the best digital life, all the gadgets and gizmos, making money and saving money. All right, this hour of the show, I always like to tell you what's new, what's exciting, things that you need to know to stay up to date in this tech race. Like, for example, Microsoft Word. I know you're still using it. It's finally going hands-free. This past week, Microsoft announced a brand new feature called Transcribe in Word. It lets you, well, transcribe what you're saying or maybe even MP3 file. You just hit dictate and it will transcribe what you're saying through a mic and audio files playing on your computer whatever you've got, even conversations. Now, this is really great. In situations like an interview, we could totally use this for our podcast. Microsoft's artificial intelligence will not only transcribe, but separate each speaker and break the conversations into sections within Word. Now, there are limitations. For one, you have to be a Microsoft 365 subscriber, and it only works on the web version right now of Microsoft Word. And they say there's going to be an app for iOS and Android later this year. While you do get unlimited live dictation, you are limited to 300 minutes per month of recorded files that you upload. Unless, of course, you pay the extra fee. We've got more information about Microsoft's new transcribing word feature over at commando.com, including a whole slew of tips on how to get going and how to use it. And then I encourage you to give it a try. I bet you you'll excel at it. All right. What about Samsung? What happens when you lose your phone? You call it, right? What if it's on silent? What if it's dead? What if you just can't find it? Well, if you have a Samsung Galaxy phone, tablet, or earbuds, this is really something. I hope Apple has this soon. You might soon be able to locate them even in that precise situation. The Find My Mobile app is being updated to find your Galaxy devices even if they're not connected to the network or Wi-Fi. Okay, so how exactly does it work? It kind of calls in a digital search party. And it will go ahead with the help of other nearby Galaxy devices that scan the area. Uh, it doesn't, hasn't been revealed whether it uses Bluetooth or some other type of method. But it's in the process of actually just rolling out. It's not enabled by default, so you'll have to turn on offline tracking manually. But you'll also be able to find somebody else's phone, too. You know, so if you lose your place, though, if you lose your phone in a place where aren't there too many Galaxy devices, then you really car out of luck. I hate vacuuming, don't you? Ugh, just can't stand it. 
But here's a fun fact. It was actually in September 2002 when the very first Roomba robotic vacuum cleaner was released. Think about that. This vacuum is almost old enough to vote. What began as just cool technology to automate a chore, the Roomba is starting to look less intelligent over the years. It's starting to bump into walls and miss the exact spot over and over. But here's the deal. iRobot, the company behind the Roomba, is trying to keep its lineup relevant. And there's going to be a major software update that's coming down to add AI powers, they say. The Roomba app was updated with features for models that support existing mapping technology. So you can have these keep-out zones and clean zones to clean more often, such as around the couch or the dining room table. You can have the Roomba start cleaning when you leave and stop when you return. Isn't this something? Because now it's going to work with location-based services. Did you ever think that you would have a robotic vacuum cleaner that when it saw you coming up the street, it would go like, nope, time for me to go away, and then go back to its little battery charging place? So if you're a Roomba owner, just make sure that the app is totally up to date because I'm sure you're going to be just swept away. All right, for years, augmented reality has been coming to us, right? Windshield heads-up displays, apps on your phone, popular games like Pokemon Go, Harry Potter, Wizards Unite that overlay objects and people as part of the game. Well, Google has been really big on adopting AR through Google Maps, and a couple of months ago, the company lets you experience what it would be like to have T-Rex in your front yard. If you've got kids in your family, this is something that you ought to just try with them. There's been an update to Google Arts and Culture, and they've partnered with a few museums so that you could experience virtual AR exhibits there at home. So if you want to get this up-close and personal look at the Apollo 11 capsule, you just open up the app, and there it is, smack dab in the middle of your living room. And you can virtually decorate your walls with works of art. You can also use the app to show you prehistoric animals. I'm talking about sea creatures from nearly 500 million years ago with names that I'm sorry, I just can't pronounce them. So in case you want to see the AR version of the largest creature on Earth, you have to take it outside. It's a blue whale, by the way. It's called the Google Arts and Culture app. It's available for both iOS and Android devices because once you have it, you're going to have a whale of a good time. And finally, speaking of AR, in the past few years, Amazon.com has already had a simplified AR shopping feature for certain products like furniture. That's where you can, like, it's really handy. You can overlay a new couch or table or credenza, whatever it may be, into your living space so you can see exactly what it looks like. And now you can go crazy. Instead of just seeing what the couch would look like, you can throw in an accent chair or pillows and recommendations. It works with thousands of different pieces of furniture. If something is eligible to work with Room Decorator, that's what it's called, you'll see a button on the product listing called View in Your Room. That's what you want to look for. Now, you might need a little bit of time because you think of this whole AR experience. And Amazon says you can save the entire view in a special place so you can come back later to always go look at it. Because, let's face it, you know, Jeff Bezos did not become the $2 billion man by just selling you, well, used books, as he did when they first started the site back in 1995. All right, coming up in this week's DIY security tip. Have you ever, like, wondered how many different people's search sites there are? Well, we've done the math for you. There's a slew of them. Have you ever wondered about how you can get yourself taken out of these people's search sites? 
Don't worry. We did all the heavy lifting for you. We've got that coming up. And of course, our T-Mobile Unlimited listener line is open at one 825 5254 is the way to join us. And just a quick reminder is that you can always schedule a time to speak with me here on the show. Really easy to do. Head over to our website. That's commando.com. On the right-hand side, there's a link that says, be a caller, and we'll get right back with you. All right. Have you ever wondered just how bad things are on the internet? How much of a risk are you when you just go online? And the reason why I bring this up is I got an email this past week, and it was talking about how there were all like these threats per minute and how many records were compromised per minute. Well, 16,172 records compromised per minute. One mag card attack every 16 minutes. One COVID-19 blacklisted domain every 15 minutes. It's like, wow, man, I just want to go off the grid for a little bit. And so joining us here on the Kim Commando Show special caller line is Steve Genty. He's the Director of Threat Intelligence for Risk IQ. So, Steve, um, those numbers that you guys are reporting are pretty frightening. Should we all just go, like, turn off everything and go live in the mountains? <laughs> well, thanks for, for having me. Really excited to talk to you uh, and your listeners. Uh, no, no, I don't think we should uh, we should throw the laptops uh, in, in the ocean and run away. Uh, but I do think uh, as uh, as individuals interacting online, we have to be a lot more aware uh, of the ecosystem uh, and the threats that are out there. And so, you know, I guess, you know, with COVID-19 and I saw that the FBI has said like all these scams are on the increase and we talk about it here on the show all the time. Um, what do you think is what do you think is like the, the biggest threat that we see online that you see online right now? Sure. From a consumer perspective, uh, this guy QCs a lot of credit card skimming online, uh, and that's what we referenced in our, our report, uh, referencing these uh, these mage card attacks. Uh, there are actors that take advantage of vulnerable e-commerce websites to inject uh, malicious code into the site and to siphon off credit card data uh, at the time of purchase. Uh, and that's been going on for a while, uh, but it's a very effective technique, uh, and we keep seeing it increase. Uh, and so you saw we, we see sixteen uh, every 16 minutes a, a new site uh, has an issue uh, with a mage card attack or with credit card skin. So, you know, and, 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 you know, from what I know, it's, it's really hard for the person to actually know that this is happening, correct? Correct. So from a, a user perspective or someone shopping, um, it's not very evident that this is taking place. Uh, the transaction goes through normally. Uh, so you purchase your item and it gets delivered to you. Uh, and, and so you don't see any interruption in anything. Uh, it's just now that the, the bad guys have your credit card data because they were able to successfully skim it. Which is why we always tell people to make sure that they watch their credit card statements, right? <laughs> this, is, this is very true. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's a great way to, to get those. I know your, your last segment was about uh, ignoring uh, some alerts on your phone. Uh, but, you know, having an Apple wallet tied to a credit card where you get the alert yeah. that a charge has been made can, can keep you aware of these types of things. Yeah, I do. I love that because every time my credit card is used, I get an alert. And mm-hmm. it doesn't always work well with my husband because, you know, obviously okay. we have joint credit cards. And so I'll go in and be like – or I'll text him like a picture going, okay, what was this? You know, what was that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, other ways though, that people can kind of uh, can focus on this is, uh, is using kind of uh, secure third-party payments, uh, things like Apple Pay or PayPal um, or even Amazon Pay where it's one click. The credit card data is already in, uh, encrypted uh, during the transaction and you're not entering it into a form. Uh, online, so it makes it a lot easier, uh, a lot more secure of a transaction, uh, and a lot harder for the bad guys to skin that data. Yeah, you know, and the, but a lot of people are still afraid. I don't know why a lot of people don't want to use PayPal because they're 
I don't know, they're afraid of using PayPal, which I, I don't understand. Um, and Apple Pay, like you said, is encrypted. And so Amazon, Amazon Pay seems to be getting more prevalent uh, that you're just able to pay with your Amazon. Amazon just seems to be taking everything. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just kind of nuts. So every time you look at it, so what is that? What are some big COVID nineteen scams that you that you folks have seen? Uh, well, we're seeing a lot of, of domains uh, uh, stood up online uh, referencing COVID nineteen and the coronavirus. Uh, and obviously, not all of those are, are malicious. A lot of them are, are stood up to to be informative or, or to uh, to help. Uh, organizations answer questions for for customers, um, but what we're seeing, you kind of referenced it uh, earlier. Uh, the FBI and DHS uh, issued a warning uh, about the SBA and phishing, uh, the uh, uh, credentials of people who are signing up for COVID relief uh, and using that online portal. That was only uh, last week. Uh, most kind of credential harvesting attacks are ongoing, uh, and the goal there is to uh, you know is to to siphon money out of the system and really take advantage of people who are who are hurting right now. Uh, and so that's what, those types of phishing attacks are, are, are increasing. Uh, and actors are, or bad actors are using, uh, you know, relevant information uh, and current events to take advantage of, uh, of individual fears. Uh, and it's a tactic we've seen, you know, play out over and over. And, you know, and they seem to do it, don't they? I mean, anytime there's something in the news, no matter what it is, it seems that <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, you know what, that's going to be a great subject for me to get some attention. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, Steve. Really appreciate you getting through and, and you know, spending just a few moments and sharing your knowledge with us. And so that this way all of us can stay up to date in what we're doing. And, and you know, the, the whole bottom line here is to always make sure that you are vigilant and that you're not acting very quickly and that you're using common sense. And our DIY security tip, it's all about how to delete yourself from these people search sites. I mean... I know it's really hard to have any privacy today, right? Everything's just out in the open. I remember my father saying, you know, what happens in the house stays in the house. Okay, well, you know, that doesn't happen anymore because everything's all on the Internet. But we have these data brokering websites. If you're ever wondering about how your information gets posted on these various sites. Now, unfortunately, there are a lot of sites. And so we're going to walk you through getting your information out of the biggest sites, and then the little sites, as you have time. So it's kind of like the old 80-20 rule. I mean, 80% of your data is being sold by a couple of companies. And then we'll tell you about the other 20%. Now, when I tell you about them, I'm not just going to tell you about how you could search for yourself. I'm going to tell you exactly how to remove yourself. And let me tell you, these removal links were hard to find. It took us so much time to get into each site. I mean, sometimes you had to fax them. Sometimes you had to look, read the whole terms of service. Sometimes it, they said it was here, and you clicked that link, and it was dead, and then we had to go someplace else. They don't make it easy. So that's why this may be one of the best security tips we have ever done, ever done. It's one of these tips that each and every one of you should totally check out. And then if you're on social media, I want you to be that smart person, okay? Stop posting pictures of your food and post something that is relevant today. And that is this tip. So we're going to walk you through Intellis, which they are the backbone for classmates.com, iSearch, public records, people look up, Zaba search. What about Bin Verified? We're going to tell you exactly how to get rid of that. Instant Checkmate, My Life, Pipple, Spokio, Apollo IO. That's a new one. You should be out of that one. White Pages, Zoom Info. 
And also we're going to tell you how you can stop the data brokering sites from grabbing your data even in the beginning. So do yourself a favor. Do something productive this weekend. Share something that will mean something to everybody on social media. Share this tip out. And you can get a direct link to it over at commando.com. That's K-O-M-A-N-D-O.com. And when you're there, click the link that says Kim. All right. During the pandemic, we have seen this steady stream of new scams. And Itai Mura, he's a friend of our show here, and he's the chief security officer with Insights. And he's been joining us here from time to time to give us updates on what exactly his firm is seeing as far as the scams go. And I always like to keep everybody up to date on what's going on. And he's joining us right now on the Kim Commando Show special caller line with news about a new scam, the P. UA scam, right? I had to look it up. Are you ready? What it's the pandemic unemployment assistance scam. So, Itai, what's going on with this one? Hi, Kim. Thank you for having me on the show again. Um, so, what's happening now is we're seeing again this kind of convergence of two events. You have the uh, pandemic, uh, where uh, people are asking for the unemployment assistance. The PUA is a program uh, by the uh, government. Uh, and like Winston Churchill said, you know, don't let any good crisis go to waste. And that's what the criminals are doing. Uh, they know that these these centers that handle the PUA claims, which are our uh, unemployment uh, requests, are heavily overloaded with requests. Uh, and sure, in yeah. order to. Yeah. And in order to keep up with all these requests, it seems like the security is not really the at its best and so what criminals are doing they're taking information that's already out there on the dark web and on different forums like basically just the social security number of people and creating these synthetic ids and filing for these claims in the name of a person who never really asked for it i mean i've seen ceos and vps of companies uh where their name and their social security number was used to file a claim like this Okay, so how would you know? I mean, so would you? So if you went to go file a claim, would it say like your claim has already been, uh, you know, taken care of, and so you're not eligible for these unemployment claims or this unemployment money? Is that how you'd find out? Exactly, that's the way you'd find out. Unfortunately, that or through a mail that you'll receive from the government, but it'll take a couple of weeks. But that time, the money is out because the way to cash out of this is either you get a direct deposit to your bank, which a criminal will never do, or you get it to a prepaid debit card, which is one of the options, which is what they apply for. There's another way that this scam can be caught, and that is if you are applying for unemployment, uh, then the government will send a letter to your last employer and ask, is this person not working for you anymore? But the employer has zero zero interest in helping with this. I mean, they're under a lot of pressure anyway. They're, there's like no motivation for them to help with this. So it's a problem. And, and, so, and look, yeah. uh, uh, what I'm saying is I, I understand. You know, it's easy for me as a security guy to say, you know, the, the government needs to do more in terms of security. But at the same time, you want to service people who are really in dire need of this money. So you can't really force everybody to go through rigorous, uh, rigorous tr- uh, tests. You'll need a really big crew of people to help you with that. So, so what is it? What is a person to do? I mean, so I mean, because let's just face it. You know as well as I do. I've been on the dark web. You've been on the dark web. I mean, there are these forums. You can, I, I you know, you can find just about anybody's social security number. 
out there, and you can find just about anybody's mailing address. You can find anybody's information that you may need, maybe even on social media or on some of these websites like Family Tree Now, right, where you can type in somebody's name, you get their address and even their past addresses. Sometimes you even get their cell phone number. So so what are we to do? How can we stop this? Is there anything we can do? So you, you're right. All of this is on the dark web. I've even seen services called uh, identity services where they'll, where they'll forge uh, a passport or a scan of a passport, which is something needed, sometimes needed to do these claims. Unfortunately, a lot of this has to do with the security on the government side of validating oh, the, the okay. person. But there are still ways to do this. In the U.S., you can log in into the PUA site without actually submitting a claim to see if a, if a claim is already being processed. Okay. It's a little bit of manual work, but uh, that's one way to make sure that you haven't and things haven't been filed under your name. Well, you know what? That's that's really good advice, Itai. I mean, so um, we'll put a link. And thank you for joining us. You always have these little tidbits that I just love when you can share them with our listeners because it really is always valuable intel, especially what you guys are doing over there at Insights. All right, before you go to bed, you make sure that, what, all the doors are locked, right? But you also have smart speakers, Wi-Fi cameras, video doorbells. And what about that old lock? I mean, it's not going to lose power, internet connection. It can't be hacked, or can it? This is interesting. A paper published by researchers at the National University of Singapore shows just how easily it could be to use audio recordings. Gosh, these guys are so clever. To create keys to your front door. Here's how it works. An audio recording of a key turning in a lock could theoretically be used to map the key's shape, size, and ridge pattern that could then be used to create a complete replica of your house key. That's right. Researchers used a program called SpyKey to analyze audio recordings of keys turning in locks, clicks that the key ridges make while interacting with the pins. It calculates the time elapsed between these clicks to discern this unique pattern of the ridges. Then the data of all this is being used to create a virtual model of the key, which could then be 3D printed to make a lock or make a key rather to unlock your home. Oh, my gosh. If you want to know more about the research, you can look no further than our website, of course, over at commando.com. Hey, thanks for listening. Just a reminder that this Tech Insight show airs on Sirius XM's business channel. That's 132 on the dial. And you can listen various times throughout the weekends, like Saturdays 9 to 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. or Sundays 10 to 11 a.m. or 2 to 3 p.m. But if you want the podcast for the Kim Commando show, that's my three-hour weekend show, it's only available on my website. What you want to do is go to getkim.com. And when you do, you're going to get a 30-day free trial. Now, after the free trial, it's just a few dollars a month, and you can get a discount if you're in the military now or if you were in the past, and thank you for that, by the way. If you're over the age of 50, or maybe you're a service personnel, like maybe you're in the police, fire, other lines of work. We all appreciate your support here at the Kim Commando Show. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you online 24-7. You can always find me at komandio.com.